The long pine table, dulled with the bleach and scrubbing of zealous women, held scores of plates and cups and the great fire-blackened pans for boiling and frying on feast days. Today, alongside them, was a tartan-patterned thermos flask, its cracked cup standing beside it. Picking up the flask, Adonis opened it, and the out-of-place smell, the scent of coffee, intensified. He glanced into the cup, which, though empty, had been recently used, and anxious to be tidy in St. Parascurvy's house, replaced the cup over the flask's cap. Below the window, mounted on plinths of bricks, was a stone trough drilled through to drain water, and under the drain hole stood a yellow bucket. He took the bucket and a china cup from the table, and at the well filled the yellow bucket from the metal pail. Returning to where the doctor lay, he found him exactly the same, his eyes still covered. "'Are you there?' asked the doctor uncertainly. His voice was weak. "'I shouted for hours, but no one came.' "'I'm here,' said Adonis. "'I got water and a cup.' He dipped the cup into the water, but as he did so, the doctor waved it away with his free hand. "'My eyes,' he said. The water's for my eyes. Slowly he raised himself to sit. Put my hand to it. Show me where it is. Adonis placed the bucket by the doctor's feet and guided his free hand to its rim. Here, Yetre, he said. It's here. I can fetch more if you need it. It hurts to bend, said the doctor. Better put it up here. He patted the stone bench beside him, and Adonis lifted up the bucket, placing the doctor's hand on its rim once again. "'Hold it steady,' said the doctor. He put his free hand in the water, and, taking the other at last from his eyes, placed it, too, in the bucket. Astonished, Adonis stared at the doctor's face. His eyes were milky and pale and featureless, with no distinction between white and iris or iris and pupil, as if some artist had rubbed out their drawn-in details. The skin of his lids and below his eyes was raw and red, wet and weeping. The bridge of his nose, the low part of his brow and his cheekbones seemed to have no skin at all as if someone had held a blowtorch to his face, except for his eyes which seemed, in their whiteness, frozen. In shock, Adonis crossed himself. Yatre, he said, Panayiamu. The doctor turned his face towards Adonis, and his eyes, like stone, like marble, seemed as compelling and beguiling as the damning eyes of Medusa. Adonis shuddered. "'Is it bad?' asked the doctor. Adonis, confounded, was reluctant to give his honest opinion. "'What do you mean, Yetre? he asked cautiously. "'My face,' said the doctor. "'Is it bad?' Adonis moved close to the doctor and, fighting his revulsion, studied his face, rocking his own head from side to side as he considered. Quite bad in places, he said truthfully. In others, not so bad.
The doctor turned his stone eyes away, and Adonis was glad. Bending his head, filling his cupped hands from the bucket, the doctor lowered his face to the water. As the water dribbled back into the bucket, he scooped out more, tenderly bathing his eyes and his damaged skin. After a while he stopped. The pain is bad, he said. Do you see my bag? Adonis looked about them. There was no bag. No, he said. It isn't here. He took it then. Who, Yatre? Whoever did this to me. Still, there'll be something in the saddlebag. I want you to go to my motorbike. There's no motorbike, interrupted Adonis. Only my scooter. It must be there, insisted the doctor. I didn't hear it go. Go and look.